Ladies and gentlemen, we made it. The boys are back. Hockey season is here. It's Hockey Eve. Put out some cookies for Connor. Welcome to the official Yeg Sports Oilers season preview episode. My name is Ethan Medusa. Alongside me, as always, my partner in crime, Ryan Mackey. Ryan, how we doing tonight? We are doing fantastic. This time tomorrow, there will be a puck on the ice at an actual Oilers regular season game for the first time in history. Um, there will be regular season games happening during Woo! the lifetime of this podcast. Um, I'm very excited. Um, yeah. And, I think uh, at this time win. tomorrow, we should be up about, I don't know, 2 3 nothing over the Canucks. But uh, there's going to be some opening ceremony. I mean, only one yeah. anthem, so maybe, maybe. Uh, we might have already have the puck. Drop, I mean, Rob but, Clark's. Yeah, we'll see. Usually, pretty oh quick. My God, I, I, I didn't even think about the one anthem thing. I hate the USF. <laughs> that's fantastic. And uh, <laughs> guess we should introduce Perks. our guests uh, from the world famous Handkerchief Dynasty podcast, the Secret Professor and High Priest of Oilers Magic Boys. Thanks for coming on. How you doing tonight? Doing wonderful. It's a pleasure. Pleasure to be with you. Doing very well. Yes, a pleasure to be here. Well, it's a pleasure uh, to have you on. Thanks for coming to our humble abode here in the podcast landscape. We have one more guest, the main event, the one you've all been waiting to hear. One of my favorite people to listen to talk about sports, Mr. Low Tide, Alan Mitchell. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm just worried about that. Everybody got milk and cookies here. Are we? Are we? Are we? Are we ready to go, boys? Uh, no, this is. Uh, you you mentioned uh, mentioned about the excitement of the 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 NHL starting tomorrow night. It just feels like it's been forever, you know. And the the playoffs was great, uh, but the Oilers were gone in a in a heartbeat. So uh, it, it has been, you know, just about a calendar year here before. Uh, since we've seen a, a, you know, a game involving the Oilers uh, that that you know wasn't a kind of an exhibition weird pool thing where they got screwed out of finishing second in the Pacific. So I'm with you, boys. It's going to be a great night tomorrow night. It sure is. Uh, let's just hop right into the content, the hashtag content, because we got a lot to get through here. Um, I'm going to go around the quote-unquote table here because obviously we're being safe and doing this virtually. I'm going to go around. I'll start with low tide. I'll start with you. What's okay. What's one question you have? What's one storyline that you're following uh, with the Oilers this season? The, the thing that I, that I are, am most interested in is the, the quality of the goaltending. Uh, I think that, you know, you, you really have to give Ken Holland a lot of credit for what he did in the off season. Uh, Tyson Berry, uh, power play, right shot, moving the puck, uh, really nice addition to the defense. They're going to ask Caleb Jones to do a lot, but he's a good young player. Uh, Kyle Turris, Yesipul Yarvi, Dominic Cahoon up front. That's some nice additions there. But in goal, they brought back the, the tandem that was, you know, wasn't, wasn't NHL average a year ago. Uh, I think that they'll probably play Koskinen more than they did a year ago, but I'm I'm very interested in the goaltending to see if it can hang there 
uh, all year. And if not, if Ken Holland makes a move to shore it up, that to me is the number one issue. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to hop in on that. That I, I had the same question written down. Um, but one thing I find really interesting is Miko Koskinen. It was kind of a tale of two goalies last season. Uh, in December, save percentage of 901, which is bad. Uh, but then again, you look at the games that happened in December, the whole team sucked. Uh, and then the interesting part is if you take out December, Miko's save percentage over the rest of the season was 924, which over the course of a full season would have been fifth in the league. So I'm really curious. It's his third season in the NHL. I, you assume he's getting more comfortable third season with the same team. Are we going to see that growth continue or just, you know, what, what Miko Koskinen are we going to see? Um, Ryan, let's go to you. What's, what's one storyline you're following this year? Well, last season, seemingly out of nowhere, the Oilers had the second all time in NHL history combined special teams. Um, They were 25, sorry, 29.5 on the power play. 84.4 on the penalty kill. Um, This came out of nowhere. Our special teams were atrocious the year before. um, And I, I don't know if it's a lock for the special teams to be as good. I know we have lost guys who played on our special teams unit, such as Riley Shan, um, Oscar Clefbaum, but I'm looking at this and I'm thinking we have added pieces who can help as well on the special teams being Barry, Apparently, Puliyarvi's been killing penalties in Finland, um, among other bottom six forwards that we have. I just am really curious to see if the special teams can hold up last season. I think you, when you put up numbers that are second in NHL history, you have to expect a fallback. But how much is it going to fall back? Is and if the special teams does fall back, can the Oilers make up for that five on five? I think that's my main thing I'm be watching is how the special teams perform because um, it carried us last year. And I think we're going to need that to happen again. Yeah. And anytime you have a power play with Connor McDavid, Leon Drysaddle, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and now Tyson Berry, like, I, it's hard not to see them being at the top of the league, at least on the power play side. Uh, let's head over to the secret professor. One question for the Oilers this season. Uh, my biggest question right now, I mean, besides what you guys have already discussed, is uh, who's really going to step up at even strength in um, our defensive pairings? You know, I think Ethan Bear really was a revelation last year. I was just uh, always invariably impressed with his ability to make plays under pressure and really to get the job done for us at even strength. And I think uh, for us to have a lot of prolonged success, we're going to need uh, either a Caleb Jones someone else to step up and munch uh, some of those minutes and show that same composure and poise under pressure. Um, I'll also just throw in what's uh, what's going to happen with this tourist line. I think when you look at our additions in terms of depth, uh, you know, we really have this, this new third line with uh, Kyle Turris as the centerpiece. And uh, I'm really, really curious to see how well that goes. I think he could be one of the better third line centers we've seen certainly probably since Strom left town. Um, but uh, yeah, those are the two burning questions for me right now. <laughs> oh man, the Oilers missed him last year. Um, High Priest, 
Um, the thing I think I'm most interested in is the Puyi-RV saga and what new elements will be added to that story. Um, I'm not sure if we quite know what the ceiling for him is. And players like that are, I always find very intriguing. There's nothing more intriguing than somebody who's, um, has a very, a proposed high ceiling, things don't work out and they take a step back before they ever really kind of, um, make their mark. And then they come back again, kind of a, uh, a restart. So, I'm excited to see what he's going to bring to the team and just sort of where he ends up. I'm I'm excited to see what happens next with him as a player. And I'm equally excited to see what happens next with him as a person. So it's, it's uh, definitely a storyline I will be paying close attention to hopefully hopefully it's not a storyline that fizzles before it starts Mm -hmm. but i don't think it will i don't think it will well thank god he's not disparaging the great gretzky by wearing 98 anymore thank god we got (laughs) that out of the way Uh, all right so let's move on um feel free to jump in anytime boys i want to get some some back and forth here one suggestion let's call it or one thing you'd like to see the Oilers try or do or play with uh let's let, Ryan let's start with you one suggestion for the Oilers Alrighty, um I'm all about getting those 2018 draft picks I want them to, to put Bouchard cloud in the lineup um the gauges that they're not ready then of course they're gonna know better than I am I'm just a fan yelling at the cat friendly sheet on my computer screen. Um, but uh, yeah, I, from what I've heard, they've had great camps um, and I really want them both to play. I, I want to see these youngsters on the ice. Um, I want them to be in the lineup. I would much rather have them over Kara and, and Krussell, to be honest at this point. Um, and so, yeah, that's my suggestion is to, to try playing those players um, right out of the gate. I, I, Bouchard isn't projected to be in our opening light lineup, but I think you want to get him in within the first and get him playing with maybe, I don't know, four of the first 10. I want to see McLeod make his NHL debut before the end of the month. Um, yeah, that's my suggestion for them is to play these young guys. Try it out. Do you think there's, do you think there's going to be guys coming in and out of the lineup on a much more regular basis than, than we've ever seen before? Do you think that's going to be something that'll almost be like a, uh, Another tool in the old strategy belt. I yes, I do, and I did. I listened to episode 101 of Hangership Dynasty. You guys mentioned uh, nice plug. Of, <laughs> <laughs> you guys mentioned the uh, fact that you could set your lineups based on what team you're playing against, and um, I think that's a great point. But on top of that, the schedule is tight. You're playing every second night. You're playing three to four nights more often than not, and it's going to really wear and tear on some of your guys. So I feel like um, they're guys should just be sitting out like as like a rest for a day, you know, if you don't like, if you don't want to like, you don't want to tear out like your, your guys, if you have other people who can, you know, you know, get in the lineup and not really miss a beat. So I feel like the season being so compressed would is going to lead to more opportunity for the taxi squad to get some bottom six minutes. 
be like uh, like R and R when you're in the military. You yeah. know, they send you to Honolulu for the weekend. I, but yeah, Ryan, I think you're right because a the schedule is more condensed, so I think injuries are going to be happening more this year, uh, especially two, in this rough division where we have to go up against freaking Kachuk, Simmons, Perry, <laughs> Roussel. You know, every couple of days. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> do, do we hear? Did Corey Perry clear waivers? He did. <laughs> oh man! I wanted Anaheim to take him back, get him out of. That Canada. would have been so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, injuries are gonna happen. Two, we gotta account for COVID because that's still a thing. Mm-hmm. I think guys are gonna be sitting out. Look at JT Miller for the Canucks. He's probably not gonna play in the season opener, which is helpful so, for us. But still, you don't like to see guys get sick because yeah, but that can spread it, through your lineup as well. It's shitty for my fantasy team, though, because <laughs> yeah, I kind of needed him. Um, and then the third thing, there was a third thing. Oh, yeah. Speaking of fantasy, it you're essentially playing with a fantasy lineup where you have five or six guys on your bench that you can just plug in at any time without having to worry about making the trip from Bakersfield. That was or, a great segue, Ethan. Thank you. Um I'm I'm working on my craft. Uh, I forget who's next. Uh, I got a suggestion. Go I got I got my suggestion for the Oilers. Okay, I'm just going to jump into it right here because honestly, there's a lot of people in the media not really, uh, you know touting them to be to be making that much noise or that uh, that high up in this. Uh, I know I know it's called the Scotiabank Northern Division. I call it the Northern Abstraction. I think. The Oilers deserve to be projected to be near the top of the Northern Abstraction. And I think my suggestion would be take every piece of newsprint that you can and put that on the locker yes. room bulletin yes. to say, look, Yo. we're still not getting the respect. These motherfuckers still think that Dry Settle and McDavid are on the same line. They're still saying there's no one else who can play on this team besides those guys. Let's show them because you're going to need motivation. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think Leon is already there in his head yeah. watching his interview the other day. He's like, People seem to forget that we we actually won the out of the Canadian teams. We had the best points percentage, most um, highest divisional standing. So like they're already getting frustrated by the lack of recognition this team is getting in the division. So yeah, freaking put up the posters, man. Print up everyone's predictions. Stick them on the wall. Be like, yo, let's prove them wrong. All these Toronto media guys have have obviously never watched the Last Dance, because the biggest lesson from that. <laughs> is you don't give Michael Jordan bulletin board material because he will shove it down your throat. And I mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. I, I honestly can't believe I mean there's I've seen I've seen predictions. I mean, you know, a prediction is it's it maybe it's it's not worth much. Like it's everybody's got their own opinions, right? But I've seen I've seen predictions that don't even have the Oilers in the playoffs. <laughs> Which to me is just like, I don't know how you can, like, whatever that guy is smoking, uh, I would like some of that stuff. Because it seems like the Oilers have the two, two of the best players on the face of the planet. And to have them not even making the playoffs to me is just, it's, it, it reeks of having some sort of axe to grind. Like, it's, it's, um, it's an outrageous take for the sake of its, out, its outrageousness. And the, yeah, I, Those it's not something, have Montreal in first. It's not something I would be doing, that's for sure. Or it's not something if I was on another team, maybe I'd call up the newspapers and be like, hey, um, you guys really need to stop 
stop doing that. Like it's not helping <laughs> because Connie, like Connie's going to be fired yeah. up. Like you said, like it's you. You don't want to give players like that bulletin board material. It's it's insane to me. The, the I the the disrespect, the lack of respect. I guess you got to earn it. You got to earn respect too, and you earn that by going deep in the playoffs. But I mean, the the disrespect seems based off of the circus way that the season ended last year and things like that. It's just not well. A, that's what it is. Dangerous. Dangerous. That's absolutely what it is. Look at everyone picking Montreal to win the division. Like people seem to forget that they were team 24 of 24 last season and they didn't do a lot to improve. Like they got a backup goalie. They got rid of Max Domi for Josh Anderson and they picked up Corey Perry. Like, and Toffoli. Okay. But like, they didn't do enough to jump from sixth in the division and barely ahead of Ottawa to all of a sudden first. Yeah, they no doubt improved. I think but... in people's minds, like, Carey Price, I think in people's minds somehow is going to be a, an extra factor for some reason in this Northern Division. I think that's what <sighs> people's thinking. So for some reason, they think that's going to mean he's going to have an even bigger contribution somehow. I don't really see it that way. I think it's kind of quite the opposite with a shortened mm. schedule and compressed schedule. He always always be Price. I, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. He has, what, like an 800, 8-something? Eight 894. Eight yeah. um, I saw an article in Sportsnet. Uh, it was all of their quote-unquote insiders and quote-unquote experts uh, giving their predictions and such for the season. And in the North Division, two guys picked Edmonton to win it. Gene Principe. Because, of course, and Sean Reynolds, who's in Winnipeg, I think. And everyone else was picking Toronto. I saw Calgary, Montreal. Like, I guarantee you Connor reads his stuff and it just it fuels him. Yeah, of course. Uh, Hi, Priest. Let's go to you. Your suggestion for the Oilers. Okay. well, my suggestion is a little, I mean... (laughs) maybe it's a little bit outside the box but i remember um when i was a kid oh boy when the oilers scored a goal yeah we're gonna go back (laughs) we're gonna go back but when i was a kid whenever the oilers scored a goal they played pipeline by i i think it was the ventures version the shanties and the shanties right i knew i was gonna say ventures and i couldn't remember (laughs) the shanties right Anyway, they stopped playing that right around the time the Oilers started to get um, not not as good. And I remember going to games in that era and going to a game with my dad and us losing that game. And they didn't play Pipeline after any of our goals. So my suggestion to the organization is to bring back pipeline i don't think it was ever officially retired and it doesn't even have to be the shanties version there's lots of other versions out there by a ton of other great surf bands of the period and if not pipeline if they're too and i get that and maybe it's of an era we just don't want to touch it we want to let it lie but if not pipeline then a a definite established goal song it seems to be something that the oilers haven't had for years like we just don't do it or we don't nail it down and i think there's something i think a good goal song 
Uh, it's a bit of secret spice. I think it's a bit of secret spice. I think it can be maybe not the missing ingredient, but a part of the little mixed spice package you get is a bang and goal song. So my suggestion to the Oilers would be, uh, you know, either bring back pipeline or pick an equally banging song to play every time they score. How about, how about the Sugar Hill game? <laughs> yeah, it's it. great. That'd be great. Apache, All baby. I will say is that the Blackhawks have an established goal song and we don't. Do with that as you well, will. Well, there's the, like established goal songs, but there's also like teams like on the playoff run, maybe we didn't get enough uh wins but i'm not sure we've ever really had it. i mean there's teams that have had a playoff win song and that just seems like a really good time to me maybe it's something you say for the playoffs but i know they didn't say pipeline for the playoffs when mm-hmm. i was a kid they play it after every goal and at the game they would play pipeline and it was just the coolest thing ever almost i mean one of the best parts about going to a game back then was knowing that you were going to hear Pipeline like seven or eight times. So it's, I mean, I think they should bring it back. Some sort of a little more uh, something uh, after a goal or after a win that's like, it's the one. It's what we go every single time and uh, it's awesome. That's my suggestion. I 137% agree. That's that's probably the best suggestion we're going to get here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably. No pressure, no pressure, Mister Low Tide. <laughs> but uh, you're up next. Oh, uh, oh, this is my. I think we might have seen it today, uh, but I did write it down honestly before uh, it happened. My challenge uh, for the Oilers is for Dave Tippett to, uh, you know, he talks about, you know, uh, the, the organization has talked about making young players earn it. Um, I, I, I hope he challenges, uh, veteran players to earn it too. Uh, we saw in practice today, Slater mm-hmm. Cuckoo moving past Chris Russell to play on that third pair with Tyson Berry. I think it might be a style fit, but it, it, it also might, might be a better fit full stop for the team. And uh, like Zach Cassian, who I really like, he had a, a very inconsistent second half. Uh, you know, if he's playing great, then he deserves an earned, the time with Connor McDavid, but he's a little loose defensively, even when he's at his best, if he's not scoring and playing physically, then, then, you know, I, and I'm just going to put the name out there. Don't kill me. But I think that a few shifts for yes, a bull on that top line, uh, or even if you, you know, you slide, yeah. uh, uh, knee guard in there or, uh, uh, you know, Archibald or whatever. I just think that, that, if if whoever is on McDavid's line or Dreisaitl's line isn't like humming, if the Pistons aren't firing, then they for the first time in forever they've got enough depth that they can they can pull a guy off that line and replace him with somebody who might be better. And I I, I think I today I was I was really pleasantly surprised because I didn't think we'd see that this early. But the cuckoo over Russell move to me, maybe there's an injury. Uh, you don't want to over, you know, think what happened at one practice. But if that is the case, then it tells me that, that, you know, the idea of, of challenging veterans along with rookies is already there and good for Tippett if that's the case. 
Yeah, I totally agree. To have the accountability on our vets to to continue to play well, to maintain their positioning in the lineup is huge. For the first time in a very long time, we are so deep that if someone isn't playing well, they could they could be scratched yep. immediately and have and then if someone else is playing well, they have trouble getting back in. And I hate picking on Cassian because I, I love Cassian, but let's say Cassian is more last year's playoff Cassian and not first half of last year's season Cassian. Let's say Cassian isn't doing very well. Let's say we move him down slowly. Let's say he ends up being a scratch one night, right? Let's say we're playing Nygaard in the lineup, maybe Prussell, I don't know. Um, and then they're, they, they're playing well. Maybe, maybe Patrick Russell gets his first goal, you know, Nygaard's up on McDavid's line, speeding around. Cassian's going to have trouble getting back in the lineup. And I think for that reason, everyone, young or old, is going to have to always be on top of it because if if you if you falter a little bit you could slide in that lineup super fast it's 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 too deep and when yeah i mean it's unthinkable that we would have russell being pushed out by anybody even just like yeah last year you know I really hope right that uh Jim Matheson and Mark Spector don't listen to this because uh they would be appalled <laughs> at the suggestion that that yes, he can play with McDavid, but I love it. I think I, I yeah, <laughs> like Pooley I think he's going to get it from Tippett, but he needs a little bit longer of a leash. Uh, if, if he's going to be able to prove what he can do, like I, he's going to get opportunities to prove himself. I, it, would anyone argue that? I think he's going to get, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to get opportunities on the third line. That third line we have right now yep. um, isn't too shabby in my estimation. So I think he's going to start there, and I think that line should be able to find some success. And then, like I was saying, like who knows um, where the ceiling is for this season with Pugliarvi. It's not – I agree. It's not hard. It's not hard to picture him moving up. And getting time to play with Connor McDavid. Yeah, for the record, though, I think we are going to see Cassian come out. Um, you know, I think he's going to come out pretty strong. He's had a lot of time to dwell. And I think he's yeah. he'd be the first to tell you that he really underperformed in the qualifying round. So yep. that him on the first line is very interesting to me. At the season. I mean, I guess that's where you put him, but... There's just there's a lot of opportunity, like you like you guys are saying. Like there's a lot of opportunity for um, young guys to move up, and there's you know if Tippett puts holds the veterans accountable, there could uh, a lot of crazy things could happen this year. We have a lot of young guys. We're extremely deep. Nothing's guaranteed. Tyler Benson hasn't been cut yet. Yeah, Tyler Ben like he he could he could be end up being in the top six best case scenario for him too like it's, and he it's crazy has, like right he's a guy that hasn't been talked about like at all so um i know it's insane i saw him that he's still on the roster i'm like yeah oh my god remember right. him that could be cool uh yeah. going, going back to yesi for a second i i'm just gonna throw this out there tell me if i'm crazy you're crazy he, thank you uh <laughs> <laughs> he's he's gonna get a shot on the power play at some point this year, right? He's got that big body. 
you know, probably a little tempting and just for that reason alone. But we I mean, keep in mind he he has would have to beat out Chieson for that net front job. Maybe possibly Neil. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could see it, but maybe not. He he might I mean, he might get um, he might get some time on that uh, trademark second power play unit that gets I think, about seven, I think seven there, seconds. Yeah, sorry, me. Ryan. I'll just ahead, I'll let then. you go in a second. There's two things that work in Puliyarvi's favor. One is that. Yeah, he's a big body, but he's also a skill player where Shaysan isn't as much. And also, he's a right-handed shot, which, eh, forgive me, but the first unit power play, other than Tyson Berry, is all left shots, yes? Yep, yep. Yeah. Yep. So, Actually, Shaysan is right, but like you said, yeah. not a skill so player. So, if... If Tibbet wants to throw another right shot in, he wants a big body that can maybe play the bumper position or just stick his butt in front of the net. Like, I think he's your guy. The, the, the thing about Volyarvi is that, that you know, I, I think from a coaching aspect, you want him to be really uh, having some success. Uh, and then, you know, throw him into the power play, but don't make that a responsibility. So I, I, I agree with you. I think he might get some looks, uh, but the 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 primary at least in the beginning of the year will be having him have success even if he doesn't score if he if he can you know help his line outscore the thing about Pogliarvi is that makes him a, a, a fascinating power play option and maybe it's not this year I, I you know we all we always get ahead of ourselves that's something that we always do all of us but no what? no it's true no. I'm I'm always out there three miles ahead of everybody <laughs> then I got to come back and, uh, but it, it it is that you know he he doesn't he doesn't score goals from distance that often he scores off the rush where he's driving to the net uh, and he'll make a nice move and a deke on a breakaway or two on one or he scores in close and you know he's got good hands he's a big man and he's got good hands and and if he could ever you know have some success on the power play. Then, then I think he might, you know, he might be that guy. He might be the the next man up as the the guy in front. So, I think it's, I think it will get there. I just don't know what the timing is. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to be right off the hop. Like you said, get him going. That third line, whoever ends up playing on that third line, it's probably going to be at least two of Ennis, Turris, and Pugliardi yeah. on that third line. Like those are all. Right now, Archie's Archibald's there too. skiing there right now, but those are all yeah. guys that can generate chances and get Pooley going. And then, yeah, once he has that that confidence going for him, why not? Right? If if he earns it, why not? Um, he has two skills that are very helpful for power play units: a lethal right shot and a yep. big body. There's that's two different places out of five you can put him on the power play. And on the top unit, I don't know who he's going to be knocking off right away, but I think you could definitely try him on the second unit, either either net front or in the right slot, and just just see how it goes. I think he should definitely be on the second unit. Um, yeah, and then if if he's successful there, then who knows? Maybe he can try it out. So speaking of special teams, my suggestion for the Oilers, uh, there's two guys that I really want to see in the bottom six. Uh, Jujar Kara and Josh Archibald. Uh, Kara, he'll be the first to tell you he didn't have a great season last year. I think he's going to bounce back. Um, all the, f- I don't like no quoting the fancies guys, but all of Kara's fancies say that he's a very good penalty killer. 
Um, and Josh Archibald, he's got all the tools to be a good penalty killer. He's fast. I think he's pretty good in his own end. Um, I think you stick those guys on the fourth line, they can be your shutdown, your your penalty kill guys. Um, and also, I don't want to see uh, Drysaddle or Nuge on the penalty kill anymore. I know that was kind of a thing last year. Uh, I'd much rather save them for when they can actually score I think they the have goals. to have Nuge, right? Because you need, you need two pairs, and uh, Kara... <sighs> would be one with maybe Archibald and then Nuge would be another with, uh, I mean, right now I think it's tourists, right? Maybe tourists could replace them, but they, they got a numbers game problem there because their fourth line isn't, um, ideally you have, you have three sets of two forwards on the penalty kill and it's really hard to exclude Nuge from the six guys you're going to use. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that hurts them is is Gaetan Haas being out because like what once he gets better in the faceoff circle, I think Gaetan Haas is going to be a really good penalty killer. And fans fans yeah. of the show, all twelve of you, know we're big Gaetan fa- Haas fans here. So Gaetan Haas is our only right-handed centerman. That could be so helpful for faceoffs <laughs> and um, either offensive zone or defensive zone. We really need that guy playing because. Um, if you got a, a centerman on the power play on the wrong side and we don't have any right-handed face-off guys, um, we're going to need Haas. So he has to get better at face-offs unless we have a right-handed winger who wants to you know, be good at face-offs, but you, it's not a great place to be in. So I think um, the fact that he's the only right-handed centerman is kind of important for that, for killing penalties for sure. All right. Um, let's move into the third act of the show. I think this is going to be the most fun. Uh, we're going to go around one bold, and I stress bold. The sky's the limit here. Bold prediction for the 2021 Edmonton Oilers season. Low title. I'll start oh, with you. God, I, I, like how bold do you want? Like as bold <laughs> as you can make it. Um, uh, uh, yes. Well, I, I think Connor <laughs> McDavid will win the scoring championship and the and the the um, the Hart Trophy, and I think the Oilers will will make the playoffs and I think they'll go deep. But I, for me, the thing that is most bold is I think Evan Bouchard is going to end up playing more than half the season in the NHL. Mm, like it, love it. Getting the ball rolling like here. Uh, High Priest, <clears throat> your bold prediction. Yeah, I went uh, really bold. I went extremely bold. Maybe even absurd. But not really, I don't think. I love I, it. I did Let's think about it. it. Okay. I think uh, this is my bold prediction. Connor McDavid is going to score 50 goals. Holy <laughs> shit. In. Oh, wait, there's more. There's more. Low Tide knows what's coming. Oh no, in he's gonna say it. He's gonna 30, say it. 38 <laughs> games. Ah! <laughs> yes. That's I don't know. Crazy. I mean, like, it sounds crazy, and it is crazy. <laughs> I know it's crazy, but uh Connie's been working on his shot. You know what I mean? He spent a lot of this offseason, from what I've heard, working on his <laughs> shot, which leads me to believe he's going to shoot the puck more, 
which leads me to believe they'll <laughs> score more goals. <laughs> so at that point, I see the train of thought here. It's a very, very clear yeah. Train at that track. point, I was just <laughs> like, you know here. what? I'm just gonna go for it and say, why not? It seems like something that if I was a guy with his skill set and his sort of motivation, that I would in this season, I would be like, I'm gonna try to do this. And it would be something like in a shorter season, I think kind of, I have no idea because I'm the farthest thing imaginable from a professional athlete with any sort of competitive (laughs) juices. But it seems to me that if you were in a weird season like this, you would kind of draft up mentally a different set of parameters that you wanted to, to work within and goals that you would set for yourself. And I just have this weird feeling Weird enough to make a bold prediction about it anyway, that it's within the realm of possibility, even though it's entirely impossible, that Connor McDavid could score 50 goals in 38 games. That's my bold prediction. Could it be, High Priest, that the hockey gods have spoken to you hey. in, in the form of a vision, it perhaps happens. an epiphany? It happens. <laughs> it's happen- it happens. That's what, you know, it comes with the territory, right? It comes with a job. That so is- I don't know, yeah. It's bold. I know it's bold, but that is the kind of bold prediction we. Just so you know, if there had been podcasts the year before Gretzky scored uh, fifty and thirty-nine, nobody would have been able to think of that like like huge that it happened. Like it was an 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 unbelievable moment. It really was. Now, if McDavid did fifty and thirty-eight, that would be even more mind blowing. So good for you for like now we know the outer marker, right? (laughs) i just i need to go on the record and say that if any one of these five predictions are correct they will go down in history as the greatest predictions of all time and if not then uh then then no one will care so yeah exactly (laughs) secret professor can you follow that up I, I can't. I mean, it's going to be really difficult to after that uh, that high watermark, but um, but I'll try. I mean, maybe this is a little more reasonable. I think it's a little bold, but uh, at the same time, I don't think it's too that too bold. Though few are saying they're they expect it. I think uh, I think Ryan Nugent Hopkins, if he plays the full fifty six games, will fit with uh, sixty five points for well over a point a game. About oh yeah, five points like per game. I think it's a year where we see him continue to emerge. Uh, and I think uh, some people are probably going to be spilling some ink uh, talking about him because uh, he really deserves more recognition. I think this is the year he blows the doors off and really gets it. And you know, you, you know, here. the first thing that the media folks will say, right? Oh, oh he's riding. David. Yes, that's right. He plays on a line with Connor. Now let's see him do what do with O'Connor. Yeah. Where were you for like yeah. the first six years of his career? <laughs> 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 Uh, Ryan, yeah. your bold prediction. Alrighty, guys, hear me out. Miko Koskinen finishes fourth in Vezina voting. Nice. Not top nice. three. Not mm. top three because mm. there's no there's Love no it. way the media will ever get him in the top three. But I think he's gonna yeah. have a great year. I think that Koskinen will take it on him. Okay, Koskinen likes being pushed by another goalie. I think Mike Smith is seeing all the crap being talked about him. He's gonna play better. It's gonna push Koskinen to be even better than that. The goaltending w- will not be a concern. I think Koskinen's going to play like 40 games. And I think that it'll be a very sneaky Vezina caliber campaign. Not quite as much as Robin Lehner two years ago, but Robin Lehner two years ago, well, that was out of nowhere. 
Last year, Kemper and Markstrom wasn't quite out of nowhere that they got top five, but it was still a bit of a surprise. And so goalies are weird. I could see Costco doing it. So yeah, fourth in Vezina voting for Miko Koskinen. And they'll like say it. I like that one a lot. They'll say, oh, Koskinen's riding McDavid or something. They'll come <laughs> up with some garbage. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna cheat. I couldn't figure out which prediction I like better, so I'm just going to give two. <laughs> it's my show. I'll do what I want. Uh, my first prediction, three Edmonton Oilers players will finish in the top 10 in NHL points this year. It'll be McDavid. Oof. It'll be nice. Dreisaitl. And it will be one of Nuge or Yamamoto. I, I don't know which, but I think it's going to be one of them. I actually I did some I awesome. did I did some maths. Uh last year Nuge was was 17 points outside the top 10. Huh. And that was playing on the second line. He missed about six games, I think, last season. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, this year it's contract year. He's I think he's gonna play with McDavid the whole year. Um and right there, I think I think that's enough to improve his points pace by 17. Uh, but also Yamamoto, like I don't expect him to be as good as he was last year, but he'll probably still be very good. I um, mean, and he's he's playing on a line with Leon Drysaddle. Like, well, exactly. who knows? Yeah, I like. And it. then my second prediction: the Edmonton Oilers. I don't know what they're calling this because it's not a conference final. But the Edmonton Oilers will be one of the four teams, the the last four teams remaining in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I don't even, I don't even think it's that bold because I look at every team in the Northern Abstraction, and the Oilers can beat every single one of them in a seven-game series. I agree. So, Ethan, I'm thinking that. Tampa Bay with Kucherov, Paquette, other guys out might slip back a little bit, right? And so there's going to be an opening in that division. We could see a, an 06 Cup final rematch happening. Yo. Because the Hurricanes are the tough in that division. Tour. So that could be kind of fun. That would be fun. I barely I remember 06. So. And Anton Forsberg is playing for <laughs> Carolina. <laughs> yeah, Forsberg's the starting goalie and, and- there. <laughs> and we end up we end up claiming that uh Ryan, what's his face? Alex Nadelkovich. Nandalia, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh you know what? That would be that would be um if they were to make it to the like it's not it's not crazy to say the Otis could make it to the final because they've got two great players. I think they're closer now than they've been in a long time. And you, you'd need a lot of things to go right. But, uh, you know, the, the Leon going to center, Bear, Yamamoto, and Jones a year ago, all emerging as regulars uh, in prominent positions, not just fringe fifth and sixth defensemen. And now you come into this year, you got Pauli Yarvey, you've got Evan Bouchard, uh, this kid McLeod can scoot. Cahoon is a young player. Uh, you know, this is pretty substantial. I'm not saying they're going to win a damn thing, but I am. They're they're a better team on paper than they were I'm a year saying ago. That. I'm saying they're going to win a lot of damn things. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, yeah you just said so, that. Yes. Hey, get with the program. <laughs> this would be a crazy story uh, if Nadelkovich gets claimed by us tomorrow, <laughs> right? And then Cup Final, Hurricanes, Oilers, yeah. Game One, Koskinen gets injured. Everyone's like, "Oh crap!" You here, shut here your we mouth. go again. Don't even say here that. Why would you even put that into the universe? And then imbecile. And then Nadelkovich ends up, you know, winning the cup with for us. He goes into the starting position. Um and ends up winning the cup against Anton Forsberg. That could be kind of funny. The ultimate Uno reverse card. <laughs> Boys, I gotta run. I'm sorry. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. All right. Have a good one. You too. Take care. Yeah. Okay, bye-bye. Have a good one. Take it easy, Mitch. All right. So and then there were four. Uh Ryan, yes. you want to take our guests through the hot seat? All right, Ethan, you're also going to get a hot seat because I have three sets. All right, all right. So explain explain to the folks what the hot seat welcome is. Welcome to a segment we like to call the hot seat. I will be asking mm. each of you guys five questions, rapid fire, and you guys will be answering them rapid fire as well. The first in your gut reaction, answer the question. Who would like to go first with set number one? By the way, we totally did not steal this from a recent episode of Handkerchief Dynasty. I just feel like we should put that out there. It's did a we to- do this on Handkerchief Dynasty? Does that doesn't really ring a bell, did we? Something like it. But the it- drugs wore off. Okay, okay, okay. Total total coincidence. Um, I'll go first. I'll be the guinea pig. Alrighty. Lay it on me. Are you ready for your rapid fire five questions? I was born ready. Where did the Oilers finish out of seven in the North Division? First. Does Mike nice. Smith hit 20 starts this season? No way in fucking hell. <laughs> yes, take it easy. Take it easy. <laughs> I love Mike Smith. Don't get me wrong, but no way. 18, 18, 19. I'm not, sure you, I'm not sure you do love Mike Smith. Let me tell you. <laughs> I'm not sure you know what love is, friend. <laughs> it's tough love. It's tough love. All right. Who is someone that you trade this season? Cassian. Which five guys what? do you want on our first unit power play? Uh, Jesus, German Jesus, uh, Nugent Hopkins Jesus, Tyson, uh, Barry Jesus, and uh, let's say uh, let's say Shiaison. All righty. And your final question, how many points does McDavid get? 93. All righty. Thank you very much. I love it. Who is up next for awesome. set number two? That was perfect. I can go. All righty, Ethan. Question one. Which Canadian team do you think we will struggle against this season the most? Uh, Winnipeg. How many points does Dreisaitl get? 89. How long until... But Poo 50 Yerby goals. Get- All righty. How long until Pooh Yarvey gets tried out on the top line? Uh, 27 games. <laughs> Which newcomer will make the biggest impact? Mm. Slater Cuckoo. How far did the Oilers go in the playoffs? Well, I already did this, so I'm just going all the fucking way, baby. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Drinking all the Oilers Kool-Aid. All of it. Alrighty, set three. Are you ready? Yes. Which Canadian team do you think we will dominate the most this season? 
Uh, Montreal. Which defenseman gets the most points for us? Um, Tyson Berry. How many points does Nuge get this season? Um, 64. <laughs> <laughs> Price is right at me, you cunt. <laughs> is there an off-season loss you think we will miss having on the roster? Oh, um, off-season loss. Um, There's really only like well, four. it wasn't really off-season, but I don't know. I mean, the first one that jumps to my mind is Sam Gagne, but that wasn't really off. That's fair. That's still a fair answer. And the final question, okay, yeah, Sam the final question of rapid fire, how many goalie fights do we see this year? Um, two. <laughs> Let's fucking go. One for Love Smith, it. one for two. Costco. <laughs> nope. It's going to be Mike Smith will be in two goalie fights. At once. <laughs> and they're both. Yeah, possibly at once. Possibly in different games at once. Like he'll be <laughs> one here and then he'll like, there'll be another game and all of a sudden, like you'll see this kind of like semi transparent, like holographic image of Mike Smith, like fighting something at Sunrise uh, in another, freaking, another stadium. Yeah. Power they'll Rangers Megazord like, Mike Smith starts strolling through downtown yeah. Edmonton. Exactly. <laughs> fucking sweet. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> Love it. Good shit, boys. Good work. Um, okay, we're going to wind this down a little bit. Again, totally not ripping off Handkerchief Dynasty. Um, <laughs> total coincidence. You can speak to our lawyers. I have one question. We're probably jumping the gun with this question, but it's Kool-Aid season. Fill in the blank. This is the best Oilers team since... Blank. 90. Ooh. In, in my damn lifetime. Because 2017 was an overachieving year and 06 was honestly a fluke. So, 90. Um, you, you know since what? July. Best hockey, best of this team since July, for sure. <laughs> without a question. <laughs> I like it. Oh, so much for bold. I'm going to say since. Um, the best Oilers team since, I don't know. I mean, 90 is the obvious answer, but I'm going to say um, the mid-90s, we had like Bill Guerin, 96, I want to say maybe. Sure. That sounds right. When we had Bill Guerin, Doug Waite, and Curtis Joseph. I wasn't alive. I'm going to say since 96. Best team since 96. A legitimately good team. like it. Yeah. I'm mm, I'm going to say screw it 89 <laughs> just to just I thought, I thought someone would say 06 just cuz 06 I we thought, were an 8th seed though that 06 was a fluke That's true. Yeah, it's true. That was just I, a I, crazy I thought that was the blue default answer. But mm-hmm. Ryan You that thought was, what was going to be the default answer? I thought 06 was going to be the default answer, not fucking 1990 like jesus man yeah that's i don't know yeah i don't know oh six was a fluke i never like uh that whole that whole experience weirded me out quite frankly (laughs) 
I mean, Roly the goalie was the real deal. Pronger, we haven't had a defenseman like Pronger since, but like overall, that yeah, that was before really. Yeah, honestly. Um. True. One thing I want to ask you guys: Kevin Quinn, no longer the voice of the Oilers. What are your guys' thoughts? I like Quinn. I mean, um, I'm, uh, you know, I don't want to disparage anybody. I'm super stoked for Jack. I think Jack is going to be fucking great. I think oh my now that I don't, now that I don't have to imagine a way to imagineer listening to 6:30 Ched while watching on TV, now I can just watch <laughs> on TV. That's a pretty good feeling, and I think uh, Cam Moon's going to do good, uh, good work on the radio too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it probably, you know, it's been a while, so maybe it was just you could just say it was time for a change. I don't really know, like. Um, I don't know. It's kind of hard to have an opinion on some TV commentary. Sometimes it's just kind of you know it's workmanlike. They do they do their job. Yeah, I'd I'd agree. I think Kevin Quinn he'd been doing it for it felt like a really really long time, and it was time. And I think um, I mean it is often workmanlike, but I don't necessarily think it has to be workmanlike or or should be workmanlike, and it certainly won't be like with Jack Michaels doing it. He's, uh, yep. he's a lot, he has his own style and, um, he's so good on the radio. You know, he's just, yeah, yeah, he really, and it's a real, a he's a real student of the craft too. Like he's a real student of the whole, the whole thing. I think it took a while for me to warm up to Jack Michaels, but once I got there, it was like, there was no, like, I just thought he was great mm-hmm. one day. And it was, I questioned why I ever thought otherwise, but it just took a while. It was such a, uh, drastic change from the voice of God that we have for so many years. <laughs> yep. Mm. And I've heard this new guy. Has anyone heard him do a call? I looked for it today on the internet. I couldn't find. I've heard he's great. Yeah, but I, I've uh, only heard that people sure. like him. I've never heard him myself. Yeah, I heard him on. He's got a nice sounding voice. He's I got a nice sounding voice. Yeah, and he's kind of a older guy. Like he's not some young guy. Like whenever I hear a really young person calling a game it always creeps me out i don't know why i just associate radio commentary especially with like uh, an old person doing it you know what i mean like some mm-hmm. somebody in the context of radio which seems to me you know at least radio hockey games seem like like uh grandma and grandpa territory right so this guy seems like older so i don't know he's got a I'm excited to hear him. He sounds good. I mean, I've heard good things like you guys. I've heard good well, any, I'll definitely I'm be not, checking it out tomorrow. Yeah. I'm just hoping Jack isn't, doesn't get too big to not answer my, uh, my Twitter DMs when, you know, I've been <laughs> watching steel Mac steel Magnolias at 3am and crying my eyes out. Well, I mean, yeah. at any time you can do a job for 20 years and every, everything's, everybody only has nice things to say. Um, I think that's yeah. a pretty good indication of, of the kind of work that he does. I mean, for me, it's just, and Ryan, you're probably in the same boat. Kevin Quinn's the only guy I can remember in my life doing the regional Oilers games. Yeah. Ever since I started watching hockey, it was always Kevin Quinn, unless it was hockey night in Canada. Then it was, it was usually um, Jim Houston and, or Craig, or yeah, or Dave Randorfer, but it's always been Quinner. Yep, and so it's going to be weird not having him. Um, and how weird is it going to be hearing Jack? Like, I think it's going to be very weird 
watching TV and hearing Jack Michael's voice. I remember I used to listen to when I was a kid, I would turn the volume on the TV down. Like I turn it off, turn the radio on. And my mom used to say, she'd be like, don't do that. You're playing with time. Cause there would be like this weird delay between her yeah, yeah. and You told me about this. Yeah. She had a very disapproving look on her face. Like, mm. <laughs> because I was messing with the concept of time, but I think it's going to be like that. We're all going to be like, Holy smokes. What's going on here? My mom, especially might like just break down <laughs> hearing Jack Michaels actually coming out of the television. Yeah. So it'll be, be so weird. Great. It'll be weird. It'll be so good, though. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait for tomorrow. Holy yep. smokes. I can't even I wait. But And you know what? I, I just realized, like, the Oilers game is on, you know, it's on at 8 o'clock, so we're going to have to we're gonna have to wait a while. But I was playing mini hockey on the floor after supper, and it dawned on me all of a sudden that there actually is, like, the Leafs and Habs play at, like, 4 o'clock or something. So we're going to be, like, yeah. from 4 o'clock till – you know, midnight is just going to be, we're going to be just basking in it. It's going to be so great. Tomorrow's going to be so much fun. Think about this. Think about this. Starting tomorrow, 116 consecutive days with an NHL game. That's, that's never happened before. That's like, uh, that's amazing. Everyone, everyone get ready to abandon all their responsibilities and social obligations, commitments. Okay. Done it. (laughs) <laughs> and I mean, done. if I just notify everyone right now that you will not be relied on in whatsoever for the next hundred plus days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The one thing I'll say about Jack Michaels, um, I, I, I love him. The only problem I ever had with him on, on the radio was that sometimes I'd be listening and I didn't know what was going on when the puck was dropped and the game was happening because Jack would go on this tangent about how, the Oilers were one in seven in day games in Pittsburgh outside. Like cool information, that's, but the game's happening. But on TV, that's gone because I can watch the game. I, yeah. I've always said Jack would be perfect for TV. So you have always said that. I have. Like yes. for at least five years. You, you you've been telling me that. Like I love He is a handsome guy. Yeah. <laughs> I I love Jack, but sometimes I really want to know what's happening. And now I can because it'll be I'll be watching. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. I I hope Kevin Quinn lands a job somewhere because I love – he's got a great voice. Um, I'm going to miss the overtime winners. Or the let's it go. Let's it go. Let's it go. I did that as a drinking game once. Every time he said let's it go. um, (laughs) Yeah. That's all I remember. Um, So before we before we head out, would you guys like to leave some closing thoughts as we as we head into this new adventure of a hockey season? It's just it's wonderful to be alive and uh, it's just uh, it's a miracle to uh, be alive to witness it all and let's just uh, let's just embrace it. I'd say uh, listen to handkerchief dynasty like and subscribe you know how it is. <laughs> That's a good. That's a good one. <laughs> you're you're gonna pay us for that ad slot, right? Yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. of okay. course. Just checking. What's up? What's 100 percent of nothing? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Okay, Ryan. Um, I would just like to say, and maybe the high priest can help me out here. Get well soon, Gaetan. Um, we need Haas back. Um, 
Yeah, so let's hope that he has a speedy recovery and gets back to that fourth yeah. line center role as soon as he can. Um, other than that, I am freaking hyped. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not the Oilers. It's not the Oilers without Gaetan Haas. It's not the 2021 Oilers yeah. without Gaetan. Gaetan's this team, is though. this is hashtag Gaetan's team. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would like to say to all Oilers fans that are listening, all 12 of you, actually all 10 of you, because two of you probably left. Um, <laughs> enjoy the ride because it's going to go by quick. Mm-hmm. 56 games, basically playing every other night. Just enjoy it. Enjoy the highs. Enjoy the lows. Boys, thanks for doing this. Thanks for coming on. It was a pleasure. Uh, let's do it. Thanks so much for having us. Let's do it again. Yeah, hey? Absolutely. Absolutely. No Steph. No Steph. All right. Uh, as for us, Gaetan Haas is an elite center. Please get well soon. We need you. I really miss you. Sam Bennett's a bust. Let's go, Oilers. Uh, We'll see you guys next time.